Once there was an old man. He lived in the ancient land of Israel. And he was known to be smartest of all his colleagues. One day he said, to be honest, there have been a few times that I've been outsmarted. One of those times I was walking towards a city and I couldn't find the entrance. I saw some children playing and I said, do you know how to access the city? And one of them said, sure, well, we have a long short way and a short long way. Which way would you prefer? So naturally, I chose the short long way. I started climbing up and I could hear the city and I could see the city and I was pretty close to getting to the city. But then I noticed that the pathway was completely overgrown. There was no way to get through that path and enter the actual city itself. I was literally a breath away, but there was nothing I could do about it. So I came back to the child and said, hey, I think it might be time that you show me that short, that long short way. And he said, do you see what I mean? The long short way is longer because it goes all the way around the side, but the road is smoother. There are fewer rocks. There's fewer over, there's less overgrowth. And in the end of the day, you can actually get into there eat more easily. Of course, the other way required having to bring your own machete and hack away at the overgrowth. This story is told in the Talmud as a way of showing us that sometimes there are things in life that we really need to take our time. We know we'll get there eventually, but the process might be long and it might feel further. But at the end of the day, by following that process, by being systematic and methodical and taking one step at a time, we will get there. That introduction is what begins the book of Tanya. Tanya literally means it was taught. It's a word that's often used to describe a quotation from rabbinic literature of the second to fourth century, known as the Mishnaic period, said by people whose names were actually Tanaim, Tana means to teach. When we say Tanya, we're quoting from somewhat, from somewhere, and then typically we include a further explanation. Tanya, or Likutei Amarim Tanya, was written by Rabbi Shnei Zalman of Liadi, the, or the uh, first Rebbe Hasidic master of the Chabad movement. Chabad, standing for Chachma, Bina, and Dat, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge in their purest way of, simplest way of translating, but of course we will get to explaining what that actually means. This movement was one of, was uh, arrived into the world at a very early stage of a revolution, a spiritual revolution that happened in the late 18th century and early 19th century, known as the Hasidic Revolution, the revolution of the masters of Jewish mysticism who didn't only believe uh, in bringing a more powerful embodied practice of serving the divine through joy, through song, through dance, through connection to nature, uh, but they also were a uh, a movement that was anti-establishment in terms of the existing Jewish intellectualism that had taken over in Eastern Europe. People were very focused on um, their intelligence, on their ability to, their ability to uh, keep to study 
and memorise vast tracts of old texts. And not everyone was up for that. The rest of the people were just going out and about in the day, like you and me, in the marketplace, in the fields, uh, in the shtetl, in the villages, and they were and they were very downtrodden. Founder of the Hasidic movement was Rabbi Yisrael Baal Shem Tov, and he was, let's call him the grandfather, the grand teacher, the spiritual grandfather of the Alter Rebbe Rishnei Zalman. There's a lot to study about the history of Hasidus, and we're not going to be doing that now, but I want to explain that Rabbi Shnei Zalman the, is known as Admar Hazaken in Hebrew, or in Yiddish, the Alter Rebbe, the old Rebbe, because he was the first Rebbe of this unique movement of Chabad. The movement of Chabad was one that focused on using intellectual tools, using contemplative tools to gain in spiritual growth. And Likutei Amarim means a collection of talks, a collection of talks starting with Tanya that are there to help us go about our spiritual lives, go about our personal growth in a way that is systematic and deeply, deeply grounded in the traditions and the texts of the Jewish tradition. Every day there's another section of Tanya that's studied. It's traditional to begin that on this day, Yutes Kislev. And the 19th of Kislev was the day that the Alter Rebbe, the author of the Tanya, had a very miraculous liberation from imprisonment. As most revolutionaries experience, there's always a protesting that happens at the time when you're getting your work out there into the world, and that's exactly what he was dealing with. He was um, getting out there and uh, s spreading this new way of teaching, and there were people who were not fans of what he was doing, to put it lightly, um, and they uh, they informed on him to the Russian government that the work he was doing at that time to collect money for Jews who were in the land of Israel, which at the time was part of the Ottoman Empire, was unlawful, which it, it was technically, uh, you know, a, a, an enemy. The Turkish Ottoman government was an enemy of the Russian state. And they used that as an excuse to get him into prison. There's a lot of different stories of what happened with Yalta Rebbe in prison and how his imprisonment went. Um, but one thing to note is that the day of his liberation is considered to be Chag HaGa'ula, the day of liberation for the world of Hasidus, the world of Hasidut, because because the teachings that he put out were so intricate and so detailed, and his writing, well, he didn't actually write so much, as much as, uh, you know, there was le there were letters and there was teaching essays that he'd written uh, that were sort of collected, or things that he gave over that were collected, but this was written, at least the first few sections of it were written as a proper book and printed originally in Slavita in Eastern Europe um, and then that original first manuscript was lost and now we have this second manuscript which we have here. It's traditional to divide it up and study one passage every day and what I'm going to be attempting to do is put this into a format where we can learn it together via a quick hopefully no longer than 15 or 20 minute podcast daily. Um, if it seems like that's a really big thing for me to take on then that might become weekly. But I want to talk about this idea of the long, short way, because in the first the first day, we don't actually read the Tanya itself. Instead, we read the introductory letters of endorsements, approval, written by some of his colleagues, including Reb Zusha of Anipal. Reb Zusha is well known as a Rebbe who was a contemporary of the Alter Rebbe and was very, um, very humble and very self-effacing and very honest and genuine. Um, and one of the things that he's written on the front page, we haven't gotten to the introduction yet, is this is the long, short way. This is the road that might be longer, but it's smoother, it's freer of obstacles, and it will get you there step by step.
Another interesting key point is it, is it says, uh, he quotes from the a, a passage in, in Devarim, in the end of the Torah, which says, because it's close to you, because the matter is close to you in your heart and your mouth that you may do it. Which means, don't think for a second that Torah is something that you need to run across, like swim across the seas and dig, dive deep into the oceans to get it. It's not up in the heavens. You don't have to climb the mountains and fly with your wings to get the Torah. The Torah is available to you. It is close to you in your heart and in your mouth that you might, that you can actually do. And I think that the, that's one of the central pieces of the Tanya is, look, there are a lot of, when we think about connecting to the divine, when we think about being, expanding our consciousness, when we think about living on a higher vibration, when we think about living in a way that is totally in line with our divine purpose and not just bogged down by the challenges of life in this world, we can say that's not possible. That might be possible for big mystics in certain parts of the world. That might have been possible for great-grandparents who didn't have Instagram to distract for, to distract them. That might be possible for people who have money so they don't have to worry about their day-to-day well-being. It might be possible for other people, but it's not possible for me. The, the answer is no, it is possible. This matter is close to you. And going through the Tanya, we're going to be learning all the different possibilities around how we can actually change our daily practice things that we can put into our meditative practice how we can consider how we can contemplate and how we can actually build for ourselves a practice that will enable us to reach this matter very very close to us have a great day